right. Well, <laughs> uh, you know how you write a book? One word at a time. Praise the Lord. Uh, my pleasure to do it. Um, the book has been in my heart to write for over 10 years. Um, I did not write the book because the Lord did not tell me to write the book until he told me to write the book. Yeah. Ten years, long time. You know, the beautiful thing about a book is that you can take someone's entire life's experiences and put them in a little book, and you get to buy that for five dollars. Five bucks. Uh, the book is uh, uh, going to sell for $14.99. Uh, my boss who sponsored this book, Michael Ellison, Trivita.com, you can check him out. But uh, he said, no, I want to do this for your church. I want you to, to go to them, and I want you to let them know it's $5 for the book. Um, I didn't write a book to make money. I didn't write a book to make a name for myself. I didn't write a book for any other reason other than God told me to write the book. And I developed the patience to wait until the right time. And I believe that gratitude in this day and hour is needed more than probably the history of our lives. We've come through the last three years, and this world has really, really changed for the worse, not for the better. And gratitude and thanksgiving, thank you, Chuck, this morning. <laughs> gratitude and thanksgiving are really the keys to change, okay? Um, I want you to know that after I wrote the book, I then actually did the workbook myself. And I came to the conclusion of one of the greatest revelations I've ever received in my entire life. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that there's an anointing on this book. And those of you who will do it, it's a workbook. So you read some stuff and then you'll write some stuff and you'll kind of progress through this book. Uh, in 30 days, your entire life can change. One moment of gratitude could change your entire life forever. And I want everybody here to know that when you're in the world and you're experiencing the difficulties of the world, if you can just stop the chaos by thinking about something you're grateful for and feeling that, you've just disrupted everything that was going on in your life, even for just a moment. And I'm telling you, when you add those moments up over a 30-day period, you're talking about a major change in your life. Um, I will be selling the books uh, right after service today. And um, we'll receive uh, credit cards, checks, uh, cash, uh, firstborn, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and uh, make sure if you're writing a check, it's written to Trivita, T-R-I-V-I-T-A. Uh, and I can help you with that out at the front. I don't have any books to sell today. They're supposed to arrive uh, on the dock tomorrow. And so uh, Wednesday nights, starting this Wednesday, I'm going to do a four-week gratitude series uh, on the book itself as well. So I want you to kind of come out for that. I want you to participate in that. If you can't be here on Wednesdays, get the book anyway. Watch it online and uh, you'll be able to follow through that way. I'm also going to have products every week uh, that we're going to give as free giveaways from Trivita. Michael said, hey, let's do that too. So uh, I know some of you have taken this one. This is one of my favorites. This is MyoHealth. This is a great product for a lot of good things. But uh, we'll have those products available for you as well. 
Um, again, I didn't do this because I wanted to. I did it because God told me to, okay? So you'll be blessed because of it. Um, I want to uh, share with you a word this morning. Um, make sure you send love to Pastor Barb on Facebook or social media. I don't do them all, so I don't know how they all work, but you guys do. So send her a message, tell you love her and miss her and, and all that. But I, I have a message that God gave me, and I believe it's a prophetic message specific for this hour for the church. Um, as I put this message together, it did not go the direction I wanted it to go. Praise the Lord. It went the direction that God wanted it to go. And the more I uh, continued in this study, the more I began to uh, see where we are in the church in this hour and where we need to go and where we're on our journey to get to. But what I want everybody to know that you are the temple of God. So we're going to study out of Jeremiah the rebuilding of the temple, okay? And this is, you know, anything you read in the Old Testament is a foreshadow of Christ in the New, okay? So that, that'll help you better understand how the Bible works. So I'm going to be talking about a physical temple that was going to be built by the people of God, but actually it's going to get dismantled in Jeremiah. It's going to get tore down all the way to the bottom. Every last block, every brick taken to the ground from which it came from. You came from the ground. You came from the void. You came from nothing other than God's word. And as God's word speaks, you became, the earth became, every tangible thing became as a result of God's word. But what I see in the body of Christ today is a lot of people trying to make a name for themselves, trying to get the attention of people rather than the attention of God. I have, like I said, I have no need to write that book. I have no ego to stroke. I have no need to be standing up here in front of you with a microphone today. I, I, I promise you I have other desires in my own fleshly heart that man alive, I could lay it all down in a second, wouldn't think about anything ever again. But what I want you to know, me as the temple, I would be void without God's purpose in my life. You guys talked about purpose this morning. I would be void without his purpose. And I know many of you in the room have made choices in your life that severed God's purpose in your life. I've got really good news today. God's still not done with you. God's, it's, still, it's not over the way they said it was over. It's not over the way you said it was over. There's something that rides above all of that confusion. And that's what you were made from. And that's the Word of God. And the Word of God is more true than the hurt or the injury or the backsliding or the difficulty or whatever you went through that brought you here. You get to start today. You get to start today. And you may have been dismantled all the way to the point of, I don't even know if I know God anymore. I don't know if I know my purpose anymore. I've become numb to the things of God. And I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I don't know where God is in my life. You're in a great place. You're in a great, great place. 
Because all them out there, they gave up on you. But guess what? He has never given up on you. He will never give up on you. It's never too late. You've never gone too far. You've never said too much of the wrong things. You've never lost too much money. You've never, ever, ever had a failure in your entire life that is greater than the Word of God that created you. You're the temple of God. He created you. He fashioned you with the Word of God. Man, you're way stronger than what you tell yourself. Way, way stronger. Like, like you got to just, the moment you think you're strong enough, you, don't, you haven't even entered into the dimension that's available to you as a man or a woman of God. Because you will never know the end of the power that you carry. Ever. When you think you've arrived, now let's flip the script. All you out there, you holy people that have arrived in God somewhere. Wow, good for you. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. Be very, very careful. You can do nothing in and of yourself. Absolutely nothing. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. But you can do nothing in and of yourself that has any eternal value whatsoever. Some of you are scratching your heads going, man, alive, I, I know he's talking to me. But how do I get started? You get started today. That's it. it you know, it's not in all the profound things that are, you're going to do. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so simple. And the moment it's not simple anymore, it's not God. It is not God. The, Jesus said that even the children, the little children, will know what I'm talking about. And yet, here we are as the body of Christ. Got all of our rules, our regulations, our Christianese, all of our religion, all this nonsense that we continue to perpetuate. We try to live up to standards that other people have for us rather than what God has for us. And we find ourselves as a temple void of the presence of God. If you want the presence of God, flip the switch right now. Rip the doggone band-aid off. Let's get it over with. And let's just move into the simplicity of Christ. Well, but God gave me this word, and I'm going to be a, a worldwide evangelist. Whoop-de-doo-da-day. I mean, that's what you want? That, what, listen, that's what your payment is? Is that someday I'll become that? That's what you want? What a waste of time. What a waste of energy. I want that because God wants that. And trust me, you're going to have every opportunity in the world to just say no to it, just to push it off to the side, to what somebody else can do it. Oh, it's just too difficult. It's too hard. Oh, I tried that and it didn't work. Oh, I failed and, and it really hurt me and it hurt other people and so on. I mean, you got to let all that stuff go. You got to let it all go. You're not perfect. You never will be perfect. Yeah, I got only like one amen on that, man. Self-righteous nonsense out there. It is. Those of you out here that point your finger at people to who try, 
who are actually carrying the torch, who are actually wanting to find purpose in their life, who are messing up and, and making mistakes all along the way, and you're just right there to point it out? Shame on you for doing that. Shame on you. You're no better than that person. At least, boy, at least they're willing to step out of the boat praise the Lord, and get themselves on some water, on some shaky ground, and perform a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh man, oh man. we got to get into the Word here, because this, this, this is a prophetic word for this hour, if I've ever heard one. Oh my goodness. First thing you're going to need to know is purpose. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Jeremiah 32, 24 to 25. It says, see how the siege ramps have built against the city walls. Through war and famine, disease, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians who are going to conquer it. Everything has happened, just as you said, and yet, O oh, sovereign, everybody say sovereign. sovereign. Oh, oh, sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy the field, paying good money for it. Before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the world and the world system. Can you see the simplicity here? Go buy the land. He didn't, God didn't say go buy the land and get worried about it and think that it's somehow going to fail and the Babylonians and everything I'm telling you to do is going to somehow go to waste and, and all this kind of stuff. That, this is where he's coming from. He's like, are you sure? God, I mean, there must be something else I could do other than buy land that's going to get taken over by the world. And I think in our hearts, that's the way it can get sometimes. No, there, there must be something greater for me to do. There must be something more superior for me to do. Oh, there must be a, a, a place where a miracle is going to occur for me to do. Sometimes it's just go and buy the stinking land. Just do that. I mean, every part of the walk of God doesn't have to have, you know, googly, bubbly, oh, I'm so uh, uh, proud of what I'm, I'm about to do here. A lot of it's waiting on the Lord. A lot of it's perseverance. A lot of it's, you know, not doing anything until you know what to do. And this is where we get in trouble. Because we start to force things, complicating the thing, to try to make something happen that God has not ordained. The whole time, the whole time you're, you're rehearsing in your head and you're going, uh, God's going, well, no, that, that's not really what I asked you. No, you, you don't need to do that part. No, no, just don't do that, but just let that part go. Just, yeah, you don't have to do any of that. And yet we continue to do things that are contrary to what he told us to do. Just go buy the land. But what about this? And what about that? And oh, oh my goodness. And when if somebody looks at me and they, why are you buying land? And we know that the Babylonians are coming to take this thing over. Because God said to do it. The same word that created you is the same word that's speaking to you to continue to provide purpose for your life. Some of the craziest things that have ever happened to me in the kingdom of God, crazy good, 
have come out of simple obedience to do things that had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Just do that, Paul. Oh, but you know, yeah, you just had to push that button with me, God, huh? You just can't let that one go, right? I don't want to change in that area. I don't want to think of that person the way you do. I, I don't want to give that uh, money to the church. I, I don't want to do this thing. I'd rather do that thing. And you better be careful. I'll tell you by the Spirit of the Lord, in this hour, God is no longer putting up with any of that. The reason that, that, that Israel was in the situation that it was going to be destroyed and handed over, it's because of a complete lack of obedience that led up to it complete you don't want to be there in this hour I, I i promise you this i promise you once you've got the purpose you're going to need a plan amen jeremiah 32 36 through 41 says now i want to say something more about this city you have been saying it will fall to the king of Babylon through war, famine, and disease. All I can tell you is all I hear on the news right now, right now is war, famine, and disease. The famine part is more uh, like uh, natural disasters that are causing a, a lot of issues with our food supply and so on, all of that. So I want you to know that I'm talking directly about what happened then is happening right now. The Babylonian system is taking over. And don't panic about it. Don't panic over it. God's willing to let it go. Because he knows if he can let it go, eventually it's going to hit rock bottom. Praise the Lord. And that's going to bring it right back where everything started with humanity, right from the earth itself. And he'll build that thing better than it ever was. I will certainly bring my people back again, though. Wow. From all the countries where I will scatter them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people. I will be their God. I will give them one heart, one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me and they will never leave me. I will find joy doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant, re-establish my people. <laughs> Hadn't even fallen yet, guys. Hadn't even been taken over yet by Babylon, guys. And there is a sovereign God that puts together a very simple plan, a declaration over his people that says this is what I'm going to do. And again, this gets into, it's not what you can do, it's what God can do in the good times, the bad times, and in every time in between. And sometimes when the good things are there, it's like, oh, look what the Lord is doing through me. Oh, praise the Lord. And you become self-centered. You're doing nothing. You're just, you're obedient to the plan of God. You're obedient to the purpose of God. You're doing the simple things. 
Oh, well, you know, I only prayed, you know, 396 hours last week. Oh, my goodness. I, I, oh, my goodness. I told myself I would do 400 hours last week, and I didn't get there. Oh, my goodness. Get out of your head already. I'm glad you pray. I'm glad you read your Bible. I'm glad you come to church. I'm glad that you tithe. I'm glad that you do all the things you do. But I hope that you do them in a way that is pleasing to God and His will for your life. That's it. If I sat down with a five-year-old, I could explain this to them. But here I find myself in a room full of people and those out watching who are scratching their head going, what in the world is he talking about? What in the world? I mean, doesn't he understand all the complexities? Don't, doesn't he understand all the personal things we're dealing with? Doesn't he understand all of this? Holy moly. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. What are you exhausting yourself for? Why do more than them? Whoop de do. Let's settle that score when we all stand before God to enter into heaven. And let's talk about the things that you did that were God things and the things that you did that were just selfish ambition. <laughs> Quiet room here. We are standing in the story today. The only difference is, is that the temple... It's not a physical building like the one we're in. It's you. You ever seen one of those stories where someone works on a house or they work on a car and all this and someone's paying them to do it and then they find out later that they were, it's their house or their car? <laughs> That's what you're doing. God's empowering you to do all the, all the things that he's called you to do. And what some of you in the room haven't quite realized yet is that you're actually building yourself or you're not. Either you have a strong foundation or you got a weak one. Either you're made of real wood or you're made of toothpicks or, you know, you cut corners or you, you use scraps or, you know, you did something that you kind of cut a corner on and then, you know, oh, the house is done. In the back of your mind, you know the weakness of that temple. Have you ever done a project at your house and it didn't turn out perfect? And so you're kind of sitting there and you're, it just kind of eats at you a little bit? Like you know it's there? Yeah. You're that kind of temple. You're not your own. You're, you're not your own temple. You're not your own temple. You're the temple of God. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. How did I not realize all this? How did I walk through all these years in Christ and not realize that God was giving me the materials and God was giving me the resources to build this temple? And I decided to cut some corners and I decided to use materials that God said not to use 
to build this thing, and then it's just eating at me. I know it's there. I know how bad that thing is. God knows how bad it is, too. God knows how bad it is. And yet, the plan I just read to you is as true today as it will ever be. An everlasting covenant. He'll never stop doing his job. And he will replant you in the land that he has given to you. And that land is the fertile soil of the kingdom of God. I know that we're, we're all over the world. Christians are all over the world. But what I want you to understand is there is a safe place in that kingdom. It's not a natural kingdom with the walls. It is a supernatural kingdom in which we are protected when we're inside that temple wall. When we're not trying to bring things into the city that don't oh, belong in the city. And then those things in the city infiltrate and get into all of the temple itself. In addition to the purpose and the plan, there's also the promise. And in Jeremiah 32, 42 to 44, it says, This is what the Lord says. Just as I have brought up all these calamities on them, so I will do all the good I have promised. Fields will again be brought, be bought and sold in the land about which you now say it has been ravaged by the Babylonians. I hear it all the time from all you Christians how bad the world is, the godless society in America. That is not true. As long as I'm standing here, it's not godless. As long as you're standing here, it's not godless. Get out of all of that ridiculous thinking. I know it looks bad. But that's what it's supposed to do. It's reproducing after its own kind. The question is, will you produce after your own kind to overcome the evil in this world? It's been ravaged by the Babylonians, a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yes, fields will once again be bought and sold. Deeds signed and sealed and witnessed in the land of Benjamin, and here in Jerusalem, in the towns of Judea, and in the hill country, in the foothills of Judea, and, and, and in Negev too. For someday I will restore prosperity to them. And I love how he exclamates this. I, the Lord who created it all, have spoken. Don't be foolish in this time. Don't be self-serving in this time. Don't look for a title in this time. Don't look for anything. Just look for God's will for your life. Get it simple again like it was when you first met the Lord. Just simple little things. You sitting with a journal and writing down, God, this is what you're speaking to me. Sometimes what he's speaking to you has nothing to do with what you're going to do. He's just trying to restore you. He's just trying to speak into your life again. He's just trying to get back in and, and in a way that you can really become a masterpiece in his hands. Man, we get so busy in, in, in all these worldly ideas. 
But if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves enslaved by those things. No longer grateful for just hearing the voice of God. No longer thankful for the presence of the Lord. No longer thankful for a church that you can go to that's called by God that will speak you to you the truth. No longer thankful for the resources that God brings into your life. No longer expecting what God is about to do in your life. And you're just kind of coasting through. Well, I've got this problem and I've got that problem. I promise you, every problem that you have in your life, you could, you could backtrack in that problem and find exactly where that problem took a hold of your life, the shortcut that was taken, the thing that you did, the thing that you didn't do, the, this countenance about you that no longer wanted to hear the voice of God, the countenance about you that got critical, the, the countenance about you that, that, that allowed the hurt of what happened to become greater than the, this incredible promise that God gives you. You're going to go through difficulty. <laughs> you ain't escaping this life without that. You ain't going to do it. But the only thing worse than the difficulty is you feeling bad about it and you perpetuating that thing over and over and over. I, man, I'll tell you, I've gotten so good at looking at failures that come into my life. Trust me, I've got them. And I look at them and I say, let's declare it what it is now rather than me perpetuating this stupid thing that's like a millstone around my neck and I can't even do the things that God's called me to do. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that thousands of years ago, these people are in the same situation that we find ourselves in today. And the Lord has spoken. Wow. We love to read all the scriptures in the Bible about Jesus doing all these miracles. Chuck did an excellent job of explaining one this morning. But it's like, do you think Jesus in his mind was thinking, boy, I really got to conjure something up here big. It's got to be bigger than the last thing I did. Huh. Yeah. Man, the last thing I did this and this and then that happened. And so, like, if I did this, oh, yeah. Then, then I'd be happier. Oh, then, then, then I'd know that I, I've arrived in some place with God. Oh, then I, oh, I, oh, I just can't wait. Oh, let me go get my group of people. Let me tell them what I'm going to do. Oh, I'm going to go do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do the other thing. Oh, and then this is going to happen. Oh, you just wait and see. You, you just wait and see what God's going to do. A vessel is just a vessel. Can't fill yourself. You can't empty yourself. <laughs> you cannot do a thing. And yet we get so busy with stuff that has nothing to do with God's will for our lives. 
and we fight to get those things, and we become disappointed when we don't get them the way we want them. And, of course, that better be on a silver platter. Can you imagine a people of God demanding of their creator to serve them on a silver platter every little thing that they would want? I would rather do nothing than do something that's not God's will for my life. I've been through the torment. I've been through that pain. I've been through that difficulty. I've been in that desert. I, I've been enslaved to that thing. Oh, man. Oh, you want to talk about pain. I know that pain. I know that difficulty. I can tell you the only regrets that I have in my life is when the things I'm talking about flooded into my life. And then I took myself out of what God's will for my life and I sat back and I was sulking and I was hurt and I was in pain and in difficulty and I was in disappointment and all those kinds of things. And you know what? The moment I had my little cry over, I could just come right back into his presence. He says, okay, I've got your purpose. It's, it's still right here. Remember, I spoke this over here, and then, you know, we're going to do the thing that we talked about. Remember? Oh, yeah, we, we just want you to get going right away. Yeah, let's go do that. <laughs> With purpose, a plan, and a promise always comes God's provision. Jeremiah 33, 7 through 9, Nevertheless, a time will come when I will heal Jerusalem's wounds, and I will give it prosperity and true peace. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel, and I will rebuild their towns. I will cleanse them of their sins against me and forgive all their sins of rebellion. Then the city will bring me joy glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good that I do for my people, and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity that I provide them. You can't, you can't take an idea of your own and then submit that to God and then ask God to provide for that. You just can't do it. it, it it's just too important that you be who God wants you to be. I mean, you, you look at Jesus' life, the thing he was most noted to saying from my perspective is I must be about my Father's will. That was it. Well, but I could give you this, and I could give you that, or I could hurt you, or I could punish you, or I could kill you. Nevertheless, his will be done. <laughs> That's the mind of Christ that you can possess in your life.
I'm sure all of you have written either prophecies that were given to you and you wrote them out or, or scriptures that you wrote out or, um, you know, visions that God's given to you that you've written out. But what I want you to know is that in the story, God's word that was given by the prophet Jeremiah was destroyed. Let me read this. Jeremiah 36, 27 to 28. After the king of Babylon and the king of Babylon had burned the scroll on the on which that guy had written Jeremiah's words, Brock, I guess. He was the scribe for Jeremiah. The Lord gave Jeremiah another message. He said, Get another scroll. Get another one. And write everything again, just as you did on the scroll that that wicked king destroyed. Write it down. And I would encourage you guys, again, I, I, I don't care if you buy this book or you don't. But I promise you this much. You do this workbook, and you are going to know exactly what God's will is for your life. I, I would guarantee, I'd give you your money back. I'd take the book back. We'll burn it together out in a barrel out in the back. Whatever. It's important that we write it down. God felt it important to write down the Word of God. Wasn't enough just to say it. Wasn't just enough to just perform it. It needed to be written. It is written. It's time to get those back out again. Maybe it's a tape you have, a CD recording. I don't know what they are. Uh, maybe it's a journal that you kept. Maybe it's something. It's time to get that back out. And renew a right spirit in yourself with what that is, the thing that bore witness with you. Now, I'm not talking about the thing that someone said that stroked your ego. Well, I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to say this. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, it's already written on the tablet of your heart. Thank you, Jesus. It's already written right there. It's already written. You know the truth about your life. You know it. You already know it. Quit striving. Quit seeking. God isn't going to unfold and bring that purpose, plan, promise, provision. It, it, none of it's going to work. You see... The greatest sanctification process is to begin to understand who you are in Christ, you as an individual, and just do that. Just do that. Everything else will be added to you. Every single thing else will be added to you. There's nothing, not heaven, not hell, not any circumstance, not any devil or demon or any other thing would be able to 
prevail because it is written. It is written. These are my promises, says God. You are my people, says God. You are my temple, says God. Yeah. Trust me. You get creeps running around your house, one you live in, you're going to get it straight, aren't you? Aren't you? You're going to go out and say, get off my property. Get off my lawn. You know? Get off my property. You have a God because you're his property who gives angels charge over you. But if you're the kind of person that just leaves the door wide open, leaves a welcome mat, time to close the door on the devil. Close that door. Hear the word of the Lord. Close that door. Close it. The devil can do nothing to you that you don't allow yourself, that you don't invite in to exactly what I'm talking about this morning, what's written on the tablet of your heart. Do that thing. Last point here is the produce. You're going to produce. You're going to produce. Jeremiah 42, 19, 22. Listen, you remnant of Judah. If you're a remnant of Judah, raise your hand. Listen. Now listen. Listen. The Lord has told you, do not go into slavery. Don't go that way. Don't do it. Don't. Stop. No, that my blessing is not in slavery. My blessing is not in Egypt. My blessing is not in what's comfortable to you. My blessing is not what you've been experiencing at this point anymore. My blessing is not in that. Don't go there. Don't forget this warning. Man, I know it's a tough word this morning, but don't forget. I have given to you today. I, Pastor Paul, have given you this word today from the book of Jeremiah. Don't forget it. For you were not being honest when you sent me to pray to the Lord your God for you. This honesty is what I'm talking about this morning. You know the truth. You know God's will for your life. You know what you do that's for him, and you know what you do that is blocking that. Be honest. You said, tell us what the Lord God says, and we will do it. That's what you said. You promised. You told your pastor that, oh, I love this church. Oh, I'm so God, glad God sent me here. Oh, I'm so thankful that for, for Faith Builders Church and for the ministries you have. And then one thing goes wrong. You still know what God wrote on the tablet of your heart. Hmm. Man, and today I've told you exactly what he said, but you will not obey the Lord your God any better now than you have in the past. You see, God doesn't look 
at just our actions. He looks at our heart. He knows the motivating part of why we do what we do. So you can be sure that you will die from war, famine, and disease in Egypt where you insist, not him, where you, me, I insist to go there. I've heard this question come up over and over, years and years and years. How does God allow such horrible circumstances in the world? It's written right there. You insist on it. You insist. The world system insists that we go that direction. And this is where it happens. I've already read you all the promises. I've already read, and we've seen this in history. We've seen where God has blessed this land. United States of America, who cares how much of a, a financial presence we are in the world? Who gives a rip about that? We used to be a light to this world. There was something called the Edict of Cyrus, which allows Judean exiles to return to Jerusalem under the leadership of Zerubbabel. You've all heard of Zerubbabel in the Bible. He rebuilt the temple. He began that process. I don't believe for a second that that guy woke up one day and just said, I'm going to connive my way in so I can be the guy that's going to lead that thing, and I'm going to do that, and everybody's going to know about it. I'm going to be the best builder. I'm going to be the best vision caster the world has ever seen. I'm going to be that. Nope. I believe he came up to an impossible situation that, by the way, was instituted by a uh, by uh, Cyrus, a king of a pagan empire, who's the one that was willing to stand, raise his hand up for selfish ambition and say, we're going to rebuild that over there. That's what we're going to do. And he did it for political positions and all of that. But it was Zerubbabel that took on the impossible situation of rebuilding from where? The ground up. Simple, difficult, endured it. I want to read this in Haggai. I almost fell over when I read this. And I'm going to close. Haggai 1, 12 through 15. says, Then Zerubbabel, the son of that other person, uh, yeah, and uh, Jeshua, the son of that other guy, and the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people. You know, don't you love it when all these pastors rehearse that like 150 times so they can learn how to forget all that. I mean, I just... <laughs> the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. <laughs> Man, we need to fear the Lord back in the church. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. And I even have better news as Pastor Paul. He's not with you any longer. He's in 
you. He's it, the DNA. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm. Who did? Ha! Huh. Wow. Of Zerubbabel, the son of that other guy, the governor of Judah. And the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of that other guy, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole, what's that word? Oh, my goodness. Like I said, we're not a godless country as long as Pastor Paul is still here, as long as you're still here. They began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. On what day? I had never read that in my... I've read it, but it didn't hit me as hard as it hit me this week. I want you to know that King Herod rebuilt the second temple. But I also want you to know that the Romans reclaimed Jerusalem and destroyed the second temple. But there's good news to this because a remnant of the second temple remains in Jerusalem today. It's still there. I want to close with this scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. His promise. Jesus, the promised seed. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Everything you do, everywhere you go, God, is this what you want me to do? God, is it... I know that thing that I think and that I feel is not of you. I know that. And I give that to you. I'm no longer going to cut corners. I'm building this temple. I'm no longer going to be condemned because I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Listen, once, once you, you just pick it right up from where you started. I know that on the construction field many times you do something, it doesn't work out, right, Mike? It just didn't work out. What do you do? Do you cover it up? What do you do? You take it apart and you do it right. And God will give you every tool and every insight that you need to do that properly. All you got to do is be obedient. And trust me, obedience is a lot simpler. Obedience also means that you are the righteousness of, of, of Christ. You're righteous. Don't forget that. But you're also a sinner in need of righteousness that's not your own. So don't condemn yourself. Just put yourself back into position to doing what God's called you to do. Amen? Let's go ahead and bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for every person in the house of God and those out there watching, Father God. May we know the signs of the times, Father God.
We know that we're in this world, but we are not of this world. We also know the truth about what you have for us to do, Father. Those who are without that truth, I pray that they have a hunger and desire to get there, to knock and to keep knocking, to seek and to keep seeking, and they will find. May we be found doing the simple things that you ask us to do, Father God, for we know that if we're faithful with the little things, you'll make us ruler of greater things. May we rise from the ashes in which this temple is built. And may this temple be a place of your glory, of truth, of your love, of forgiveness, of kindness, of peace, of joy, of prosperity. Heavenly Father, any shortcuts we've taken in this kingdom that we know of. I thank you that you're the master builder. Give us the insight to move beyond that, to repair those places in our lives. And that all begins with asking you for forgiveness of our sins, letting that go. And you restore, Father God. You are the one that even restored Jerusalem. Thank you for the great power that you give us. Thank you for the purpose that you give us to do your will. In Christ's name. Just keep your heads bowed for just a moment. Some of you in here that this really spoke to your heart and you you really appreciate the word that came this morning to, to get things right again, to get things back on track again, to, to get the truth operating in your heart even more than it ever has before. If that's you this morning, just slip up your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. I want to make sure that every person in this room has the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The greatest purpose of a human being is to know Him. And so let's all pray this prayer together this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I am your child. I am your servant. I am your temple. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning and you'd like prayer, we'll have some of our pastors and elders here with, uh, after service. Those of you that like to get a copy of the 30-Day uh, Gratitude Challenge, I'll be out there as well. And uh, God bless you all. Come on out for Wednesday. Don't forget... Give Pastor Barbara a shout out on social media. Tell her you love her, you miss her, okay? God bless you all.